truth. Knights, I bid you welcome to your new home. Let us ride to Camelot. We're knights of the round table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call a scene to footwork in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam off. Okay, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and this is a second hour on on Tuesday, the 16th day of May. And we are with us, Jeff Nyquist, his website, jrnyquist.blog, his book for sale at Amazon. We're anticipating Dave Hodges will call in. We'll have Steve Benoon for about an hour, uh, possibly a second hour, not sure. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Okay, well, I don't see Jeff's on mute, but um, I'm not hearing Jeff. Jeff, if you can hear me, we need to get the show going here. Okay, um, he must be having some technical issues. I see he's, he's pushing some uh, buttons there on his end. Jeff, just jump right in here whenever you get your thing squared away. And um, Okay, Jeff is going to reconnect here, so he'll be with us here. He'll be back momentarily. Um, the big news, of course, is the um, John Durham in, uh, investigation, 300-plus pages. Um, and um, looks like, uh, okay, uh, looks like, uh, looks like, uh, Dave Hodges has just sent us a note that he won't be able to be with us this week. He'll be back next week. And so for the time being, it's just Mr. Nyquist and myself when Jeff calls back in. Um, I've been involved in uh, serious investigations beginning in, in 1972, trial preparation for a federal antitrust lawsuit that went on for many months. Um, not as long as the Durham investigation. Uh, I don't know, and I don't know the details. Maybe there's a reason why it took four years for this report to be complete. Um, with the resources he had available, the manpower he had available, the budget, uh, I don't know why it took four years. But regardless of that criticism, regardless of that criticism, he got the report out, and it showed no ifs, ands, or buts that the FBI was engaged in improper illegal activity to uh, lie before the FISA court to get warrants to listen uh, secretly to the conversations of the President of the United States and his staff um, and that's, that's major news it's major news and it should result in indictments uh, the, the possibility of that with the current Department of Justice is pretty non-existent if President Trump would be re-elected and uh, the statute of limitations is not expired by then, which I don't think it will have. Um, we could we could have some uh, indictments possibly. It looks like Mr. Nyquist is back with us. Good morning, Jeff. 
Good morning. We're, we're getting an echo, Jeff, for some reason. For some, yeah, it, it, it contacted two devices. And yeah, I, one, right, we need to disconnect one. Otherwise, I'm we can't trying really. to do that, and I, I can't figure out. Okay, I did this last on. week myself. It's All right, really I did it. Outstanding. <laughs> I didn't know I did where the button myself, was on the other one. Roger that. I did that last week, Jeff. It's really maddening when that happens. Um, and welcome aboard, Jeff. Well, thank you. Okay. Now, technical details aside, um, I started discussing the uh, John Durham report, which I have not yet read, 300-plus uh, pages, um, which apparently, to summarize it, uh, the report shows that the FBI engaged in lying to the FISA court in order to get warrants to wiretap the sitting president of the United States without his knowledge or consent, obviously, and members of his staff without their knowledge or consent, uh, based on complete fabrications, complete lies. This is major news, don't you think, Jeff? Well, yeah, the, the, um, it's major news. They, they were spying on him when he was... Uh, uh, running for president first, right? That's true. That's very true. He Absolutely. didn't become president of the United States immediately. I mean, uh, this is very, um, you know, police statish when uh, the bureaucracy really uh, favors one party to be elected over another one, and so that it's it's stepping on the scales. This is the, you could call that election interference. Well, I would expect this to happen in Mozambique. Some place like that, but not in the United States. This is, you know. Look, if 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 J. Edgar Hoover had spied on, you know, there was a election in 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 1960, and he'd spied on Kennedy, you know, and and he tapped his phones and everything, and he had done nothing to Nixon, and he had he'd gotten uh, wiretaps based on false information and lying. What would the country have said? Well, it would have been outrage, and of course, uh, Hoover was known to maintain files on all uh, U.S. congressmen, all senators, and presidents, because they come from Congress and Senate usually. But um, uh, as far as I know, uh, Hoover did not engage in this kind of activity of uh, wiretaps uh, on these kinds of people. Uh, typically, Hoover would just get information about what these guys our women were doing that was uh, would hurt their reputation if it was released, you know, giving Hoover the power to, to hold over them and get his budget approved the way he wanted approved every year. Um, but you're right. You know, if Hoover had done that, it would have been outrage, and Hoover would have been uh, uh, out of office uh, as head of the FBI pretty quickly, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, to, 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 and you see, it's sort of favoritism. Why didn't, if they, well, of course, I suppose we'd have a different problem if they were lying to get uh, wiretaps on both presidential candidates. Then you're trying to control whoever becomes president. But, uh, but in Hoover's case, slightly to his defense, you had politicians who could be having liaisons with foreign spies as President Kennedy did. And Hoover had to warn President Kennedy, who slept with a with a German woman. This is an East German spy. You 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 don't want to do this again, you know. So in in a sense, Hoover was you could say he was blackmailing the president, but he was really protecting him. Absolutely. Well, uh, President Kennedy was a bit naive in the ways of the world in some ways, wasn't he, sir? 
Yeah, when it came to that, I mean, I think, you know, knowing what I know, having spoken to spies that worked for the Soviet Union and the Russian Federation, everybody's naive uh, because they have no conception of what they're willing to do and what they're capable of doing uh, to people individually. I mean, you have 82 journalists that were murdered by the Russian, uh, you know, by, on the order of Vladimir Putin. You have, uh, we don't know how many people in other countries they've killed. We know in, in Great Britain the number is quite high of people that were murdered. And we don't know the full story because a lot of these poisonings and these murders happen and there are unsolved crimes on the part of the police. But as far as the blackmail goes and the bribing goes and the other shenanigans, um, people walk around and they think, oh, that, you know, that spy stuff, that's in the movies. You know, that doesn't happen. And it's not like James Bond. Uh, you know, as uh, Colonel Lunov once said to me, a spy isn't James Bond. A spy is that nice guy in the corner that everybody likes. That's kind of quiet and, and you know, but he's everybody's friend. Um, uh, some uh, gentleman I know, he's, uh, he, uh, he's an outside vendor for lettered agencies and well-connected. Uh, and uh, the apartment next door was vacant and when the man who moved in to his wife uh, he was a Russian national with a PhD in an in a area related to my, fr my friend's work I'm going to be very inferential here and I, I warned my friend I said, I said look this guy is right next door to you and he's, he's Russian and he has expertise in your area. And my friend says, oh, John, he's so nice. And I said, listen, what do you think? He's going to be six foot four with stainless steel teeth? Of course he's nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, I, I think he took action on that and, and, and uh, was able to uh, do what he needed to do. But uh, uh, there are, spies are very real. And uh, that's not make-believe. That's a very real thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and of course, the, the idea, you know, people who fall under control of spies are real. You know, so you, right. you, you have stories. There are, There's an untold history that we don't even know the full story about the Cold War and by about what happened and who was who. Um, we're not going to know. You know, there was Henry Kissinger was accused by Michael Golanowski of being on a list of GRU, Red Orchestra, um, spies, uh, recruited in 1945. Galanowski was a colonel general in Polish military intelligence, and his office mate controlled this list of GRU agents. He worked with the GRU. And when his office mate died suddenly of a heart attack, he inherited the safe. Well, he opened it, and he memorized the list. Sergeant Henry A. Kissinger, he claimed, was on the list of people recruited by the GRU in 1945. So then you read the, the life of Henry Kissinger, and if you look at the biographical details, there's markers for a narcissi narcissistic personality disorder or, or possibly something worse. And so that's the marker of a spy right there. And so you have two markers, and you think, is Golanowski credible? Was Kissinger when Kissinger was confronted in a press conference with Golanowski's 
uh, accusation. And um, Kissinger disingenuously said, Colonel who? Not, you know, I mean, Kissinger perfectly well knows what a colonel general is. He's not a colonel. He's he's a three-star general, depending on the service. He's a three-star general in the in in the uh, in the Russian or Polish uh, military or military intelligence. So it's it's a I think it's the highest rank uh, in military intelligence. I don't I, I think there might be I think the head of the service has probably got another star, but right. it's you know this is a very high-ranking person that's made this accusation. Right. Right. Um, you know, and and so, and and you go to something like Peter Wright, the deputy head of MI five, who wrote about this. He he believed his boss, Sir Roger Hollis, was a Soviet agent. And there's many books um, by experts in intelligence in Great Britain who also believed believed this, like Chapman Pincher, who wrote the book Petri, um, famously, and. Um, um, so the um, the the amount of data on and of course so the head of you know basically British counterintelligence was a Soviet agent if that's true and the whole spycatcher scandal was partly over these revelations so and then we had Aldrich James and we had Robert Hansen they, and Robert Hansen who was high up in FBI counterintelligence watching the Russians was the guy who loved Rush Limbaugh. Was it was a fanatically fanatical Catholic, trying to convert people and going to church and giving his all to the Catholic Church, uh, was a member of Opus Dei, and but yet he was a Soviet agent. Can you imagine? Nobody could believe it. Right, but it's true. He was. He spied for them successfully for more than twenty years in the FBI. Exactly. Exactly, and uh, there was a, a docudrama done about Aldrich, uh, about Hansen also, uh, which was somewhat revealing. I don't know how accurate it was. There, it there, were, two, there were two movies uh, made, were drama movies made about him. Right, right. Uh, I think William Hurt played played him in one of them. Right, that's uh, the one. Right, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, right. and and of course, it's an incredible story. Uh, Aldrich Ames was high up in the CIA, and what was his job? It was his job was watching the Russians was counterintelligence on the Soviet bloc. So, you know, how do you get control of this? Kim Philby, the most famous of the moles within Britain that were you know, caught, who fled to the Soviet Union when they were about to, to come after him. Um, he was slated to become the head of MI6. Mm hmm. So they go for people to put them at the top of your services. And once they get at the top, then what do they do? They get to pick the other people at the top. So then they populated your service with their agents, which is fantastic. It's just incredible. And in fact, it didn't just happen to the British and the Americans. It happened to the Germans in World War II. Really? Oh, yeah. Heinrich Müller, Gestapo Müller, the head of the Gestapo, was a Soviet agent. Really? Very famously. <laughs> no, and in fact, he, together with Martin Bormann, really controlled Hitler at the end of the war. They they basically surrounded Hitler with with their shenanigans, so much so that Himmler was in a, a, a fight with them over access to Hitler. 
at the towards the end of the war who was going to dominate what the which way hitler went and people want to know why hitler put the bulge on the americans why did hitler mass hitler had was at the end of the war he was losing he he took two panzer armies which was basically all he had left and he put them on who the americans why why didn't he put them on the russians they were closer to berlin he put them on the americans what kind of influence did Heinrich Miller and Martin Bormann do to, you know, there's a whole book called Hitler's Traitor about how Martin Bormann, who was effectively the head of the Nazi party, was a Soviet agent, um, written by a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. So, you know, you know, but people don't ever put all this together to saying they got to the head of the Third Reich Intelligence Services. They got to the head of the British intelligence services. They got to the head of the American. This is like a pattern, right? That the, 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 the people in Moscow, they're just very good at this kind of game. I mean, you have to, it's history. It's like an institutional special talent. It's just like the, the, the Russian, the, the Russian army is really kind of not very good at fighting compared to other armies. They just, in the past, they've had numbers to win. They don't have that special ability. You know, we have this ability with aircraft. We're always good in the air, right? The Americans control the air. We have talents in technology and talents in business and stuff. Well, the Russian talent is in this espionage game. It's part of their... I, I, I would think at the, at the point these two panzer divisions uh, outfits were being deployed, uh, the Germans were recruiting World War I veterans and teenage boys to fight. Uh, they would have figured out that it's far better to have occupation by allied forces than by the Russian forces. Yeah. Um, but you see, somebody that, tried apparent? to arrange the opposite, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You Two panzer armies. I mean, you, you, a panzer army is the most powerful formation in the German army, and that's two of them. Massed on one, on, on a small part of the American front, we had just fought the Battle of Hurtgen Forest, so our, our units were kind of exhausted there along the west wall now what's funny is that they had a fort the germans had a fortified wall uh the west wall there and and they could have hid behind it but instead jumping out in front of it um and then striking the american forces that were weakened by this battle of hurricane forest um was a it was a crazy thing in fact um uh the uh, hitler's uh, favorite general towards the end of the war uh, they call him the furious fireman. Uh, he asked, he said, this doesn't make any sense. How does this attack make any sense? My theory is that uh, that Hitler had made a deal with Stalin. And in fact, if, if we go to the memoirs of other uh, Russian spies um, uh, or, or German spy masters, um, you've got um, uh, Reinhard Galen's memoirs. Galen was uh, high up in German military intelligence. His job was to watch the Russians. And he and Admiral Canaris, who was the head of the Abwehr, they had discovered that Martin Bormann was operating a series of transmitters, transmitting messages to Moscow, coded messages. So they went and reported this to Hitler, and Hitler said, oh, I know, I gave him permission. That's my back channel to Stalin. And this is like 1943? So really? Yeah, so what kind of deal did Hitler make when when the Russian front was about to collapse? Stalin stopped after the destruction of Army Group Center and in, in, when we were landing in Normandy. 
What was that about? Amazing. Amazing. Hold on, Jeff. We're going to break. Call number is 512-248-8252. This is fascinating. We'll be right back. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family. And we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high quality pasture-raised meats. And even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now I'm not talking about the bottom of the barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. There's a point, 7,000 RPM, where everything fades. The machine becomes weightless, just disappears. And all that's left is a body moving through space and time. 7,000 RPM, that's where you meet it. You feel it coming, creeps up on you close in your ear.
ask you a question. The only question that matters. Who are you? All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. This hour is sponsored by the Energy Cleaner. If you have sleep issues, what are you waiting for? Arthritis issues, what are you waiting for? The Energy Cleaner will help. I offer a 90-day money-back guarantee on the Energy Cleaner. You can order it at my website or call my toll-free airline 24 hours a day, 800-592-9543. Filling with Jeff Nyquist, his website's jrnyquist.blog. I say again, jrnyquist.blog. One or two excellent articles written every week. It is booked for sale at Amazon. And Jeff, before we get back to our discussion about the, the nuances of uh, this World War II thing, uh, how can people subscribe to your website, please? There's a PayPal button under every video or uh, essay. Outstanding. And people can contribute to the site that way. Um, Jeff, there's a lot of evidence that... Uh, and a lack of evidence both, but a lot of evidence of Germany. Of course, we know that they had a base in the Antarctic before World War II. They called it New Schwabenland. We know from recovered uh, documents that they were building uh, what, what appeared to be flying saucers. Uh, and, of course, they very nearly had uh, the atomic bomb. We blew up their heavy water plant and some other things kept them from getting the atomic weapon. But... Uh, uh, my information is that beginning 1943, when it looked like they were going to lose, uh, uh, the Battle of Stalingrad was the turning point in the war, I believe, in, the, in, the, the, uh, in Europe, that the uh, German industry started evacuating Germany and distributing uh, equipment and people to about a thousand subsidiaries they had all around the planet um, because they knew the war was lost. Um, so what kind of deal could... Uh, Adolf and Stalin have made uh, that could possibly benefit both parties. I, I'm not kind of at a loss. You're on mute, Jeff. Jeff, you're on. there you go. Yeah, the deal is, is that since since Martin Bormann and Miller were Russian agents and, and Russian agents were populated, if you had a Nazi diaspora, that Nazi diaspora being controlled by Russian agents who were moving German gold and everything else to South America and other places, you would have a Soviet-controlled Nazi diaspora ah. with, all wealth, with all of its wealth and all of its political influence. So, uh, it could okay. influence countries. This is why the far left and the far right work together in Argentina. This is why Argentina is forming an alliance with China now. Because it is this it's called the Red-Brown Alliance. It's the, it's the grandchildren of, of the people who did this 75 years ago, 80 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, the tremendous wealth that was moved. I mean, the, the account I read was that Borman organized this um, in September 1944 after the destruction of the German Army Group Center and after the successful landing and breakout at Normandy. That's when they really knew the war was over and they had limited time to move things. And they moved things in U-boats. And they, they, they moved things in air, long-range aircraft. And they well, I, mean, I need to stop you a bit, planes. because 
a lot of people may not know some details that you and I do. First of all, the Germans had large U-boats that were almost completely empty inside. They were used just as cargo vessels, didn't they? Yeah, well, they, they could do almost anything they wanted. They also, later in the war, they were developing uh, U-boat snorkel technology, which which was which allowed them, as I understand it, to be submerged, and they could use their diesel engines if they had these things uh, up oh, outside the water. So they could go faster and further without being seen. And, so they, they had a way of concealing the diesel smoke, in other words. Right. Well, they, they could, well, it's, it's a way to uh, operate, you know, you need oxygen to run a diesel engine. So you have to have air. Right. You know, to do well, it. that's not the issue. A snorkel allows you to get air, but you, you have to conceal the exhaust fumes in order to really be moving uh, secretly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But they had, they had some kind of technology, and they were developing uh, other things. That if they'd had those technologies a couple of years earlier, they would have won the war. Just like the, uh, you know, the Me Two Sixty Two jet fighter. If they'd had at the Battle of Normandy, if they'd had five hundred to a thousand of those aircraft, as Goering had promised, uh, we wouldn't have been able to win that battle. Roger that. Roger yeah. that. Well. Well, um, so Hitler thought he had a deal to uh, move uh, things out of Germany with Stalin, and Stalin went along because he was behind the scenes in control of it. Yeah, and, and maybe there was a maybe Stalin promised Hitler that he could escape. You know, we don't know what the promise was or whether it was kept. That part of it was kept. Well, I know that skull is not Adolf Hitler's skull that they got. Here's our break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Dear Liberty Man, my aches and pains are making it hard for me to sleep at night. What's a girl to do? Signed, Sleepless in St. Louis. Dear Sleepless, I recommend Energy Cleaner. The Energy Cleaner transmits a healing electrostatic signal to every cell in your body, flushing out toxins, relieving pain, aiding with sleep. The Energy Cleaner is sold exclusively at my website, thelibertyman.com, and Sleepless, there's a bonus. Signed, The Liberty Man. Thanks to the Energy Cleaner, I'm sleepless no more. And let's just say... There's plenty more going on in my bedroom than dreams and snoring. I've got to go. He's at the door. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F. 
easeoff.com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. So let's fix bayonets. We'll have the advantage of moving down the hill. They gotta be tired, the revs. They gotta be close to the end if we are. So fix bayonets. Ellis, wait, Ellis, you take the left wing, I'll take the right. I want a right wheel forward of the whole regiment. What, you mean charge? Yes, but here's what we do. We're going to charge swinging down the hill. Just like we pulled back to this left side of the regiment, now we're going to swing it down. We swing like a door. We're gonna sweep them down the hill just as they come up. Understand? Does everybody understand? Yes, yes sir. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. My website is thelibertyman.com. Special announcement, I will be a speaker at the next uh, Red Pill Expo that will be up in the state of Iowa. Let's see, I'll, I'll pull this up here real quick and uh, so I can give a couple of details. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, yes. Uh, this will be in August, and... Um, uh, I don't know if they got all the details yet, but uh, let's see. No, that's not it. Anyway, there'll be a banner at my website, um, and that will that will be there uh, soon, hopefully before the day is over today. And uh, let's see if if uh, here we go. Get some details here about the uh, the Red Pill Expo up in Iowa, and uh, here we go. Okay, <laughs> it never works as quick as you would like, um, and it'll be a lot of fun. I, I'll always look forward to these uh, public speaking engagements, uh, meeting people that I've, I've talked to on the phone and been listening to me for years, and uh, it'll be a, a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll get those details posted at my website, uh, hopefully before the day's over, depending on how busy my webmaster is. And... Um, of course, my website, you'll find lots of information to educate you, inform you, entertain you, make you happy, make you sad, make you angry uh, at my website at thelibertyman.com. Uh, and products that will help you achieve your goals, such as the Harvest Right freeze-dried commercial quality freeze-dried equipment, the uh, Liberator rocket heater, and, of course, my home business. When you place your order for the energy cleaner, I personally box it up, and I ship it to you, priority mail, the little post office at Cherville, Missouri, and uh, that's what I do. That's what I do, and um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun helping people get their life back. It really is, 
And I look forward to helping everybody I can get their life back, getting a better night's sleep, and getting past the uh, arthritis pain. So uh, details at my website, you can place your order right there using PayPal, MasterCard, Visa, or you can call my toll-free airline 24 hours a day. That's 800-592-9543. Building with Jeff Nyquist, this is a Tuesday morning roundtable. At the moment, we just have Jeff with us. The second hour, I believe, we'll have uh, Steve Benoon. Uh, Dave Hodges is uh, not available today. And uh, Jeff's website is jrnyquist.blog. His book's for sale at Amazon. Uh, Jeff, would it be a fair statement that we're still living the consequences of what took place in 1943, sir? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, you know, World War II was the series of events that made the, the post-World War II world is still what we're living in. Even though it's coming, it's coming apart at the seams right now. It's still the dispensation we live under. Absolutely. So, uh, actions that were put in place in 1943 uh, by men who are long dead uh, now con- constitute the, the foundation for the world we live in, which, as you describe so eloquently, is falling apart, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the the Russians played this game that um, the def- KGB def- defector Anatoly Galitsyn warned about in 1984. He said they are planning to liberalize the Soviet Union, but it's going to be a fraudulent liberalization. The Communist Party is going to go underground and maintain control through the KGB and through its agents in the party. And this is what they did in... The West bought it. The West allowed uh, uh, Germany and Russia to become economically interdependent. And Russia is now on the warpath again. They have rebuilt their nuclear forces. And they are a very serious threat to us, not because their conventional army reforms were a failure, as we can see. Um, Russia has an economy the size of New York State. So imagine New York State running a strategic rocket forces, an army, and a navy um, uh, successfully. They had to cut corners to be able to afford all that they have. Because, you know, having been a uh, communist country and never really having proper reforms, uh, the kind of capitalism they run is a bit of a sham. Um, they, they don't have the wherewithal, despite all the raw materials, to have a first-rate military, that's that would have been too expensive for them. But they, but much cheaper it is to have a first-rate strategic rocket forces for using nuclear strikes. And they and the Chinese have been working together all this time, according to defector information. Well, in my opinion, all your feedback, the, the the reason Russia can do what they do with it, they have this what's called a command economy. They sacrifice all the things that Western nations take for granted, such as manufacturing automobiles and motorcycles. Uh, they may, they do manufacture motorcycle, which is, is very poorly made, by the way, <laughs> and uh, and civilian aircraft, in order to have their command economy focused on the weapons of war. Is that would that be somewhat accurate? Well, the command economy is something of a myth. What they have always had is a kind of mercantilist economy. And that means that uh, 
that the, that the people that operate within the economy, whether they were Soviet managers or today so-called oligarchs, are people that are given political permission. They're like a political appointees. You run this part of the economy, that part of the economy, and the key decisions about where resources go or investments are made in the economy are made from the Kremlin. So this is what you get, what you get, and um, uh, while the oligarchs had a little bit more freedom to do things than the Soviet managers. Um, the economy was prioritized to keep the military sector uh, strong. Um, they did abandon that in the 1990s. They, they did not put as much into the military sector. They let their army go to some extent, but, and they tried to then build it up in the last uh, decade or so. That, that did not succeed. The reforms uh, that, uh, that were attempted did not, were not effective for various reasons. And, of course, the system had corruption problems and graft problems. So, it, it essentially, what we have, though, is, is that the Soviet system uh, just has been updated and disguised behind what they have now. And... They, they, you know, it's been estimated that Russia spends seven percent of its GDP on military right now, as opposed to most of Europe spending, you know, less than two percent. So right there, you know, you see that's a that's a tremendous commitment. It is it of is a country's absolutely. economy. Yeah, uh, yeah. under the Soviet Union. Some numbers, astonishingly, had them have a third of their economy committed to defense expenditure. Those are incredible numbers. And uh, we're seeing the results of this kind of dedication. Uh, missiles that can go five times the speed of sound. Uh, torpedoes that go 100 plus miles an hour. Uh, their helicopters are way advanced to ours. They have two rotors counter-rotating. I don't know how that works, but uh, it does work for them, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, when they attacked Ukraine, just about everybody expected them to run through Ukraine in about a couple, two to four weeks. And it didn't happen that way, partly because uh, the Ukrainians were motivated to defend, and the Russians had underestimated them and overestimated themselves. And they, they made a number of mistakes in their attack. But it very could have easily... Uh, worked in Russia's favor because the Ukrainians early on, the Ukrainians almost ran out of ammunition, which would have been the end of them. And the Russians had a strong artillery arm. Uh, and their artillery almost did them in then in the, in the spring and early summer last year. So it, it was a very close run. And in fact, the United States, the HIMARS, they turned the war around. There were, we gave them only 12 initially HIMARS. That's rocket artillery pieces. Um, that, that have they could hit your dining room table from 50 miles away. That's how precise they are. Um, the the uh, United States originally denied the request of Ukraine for the HIMARS. And my understanding is that Poland and Great Britain embarrassed the Biden administration into giving them. Um, so you had this, this tremendous, you know, Europe was greatly alarmed at the Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine because... You know, if Russia won and took over Ukraine, 
they could do that to other countries. And in fact, that was being discussed. Uh, if you recall, Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, said that Poland and, and the Baltic states, states would be next. Those were NATO countries. So you can see that um, that the, the alarm was genuine. And um, so, and it was unexpected. A lot of people didn't think because there was almost no real reaction to the invasion of Crimea and the war in Donbass that this would be, people would just look a blind eye. Well, they would have if the war had only lasted four weeks. They would have accepted it. But as the Ukrainians made such a stand, the sympathies of people and also their interest in not being the next victim uh, raised them from their usual supineness to actually rally just for Europe. So that, excuse me, even the Germans, and my understanding is the Germans are secretly contributing more to the Ukrainian war effort than has publicly been stated. Amazing, amazing. Well, um, are we still expecting a, a major offensive once the ground dries out in Ukraine, sir? Well, the, the Ukrainians are considered to have the advantage now. The Russians, seven months, the Russians tried to take back roads, and they were on the verge of completely having it. They just ran away. And uh, the Ukrainians now have a, a mailed fist in the form of 700 tanks that, that by, by no means in comparison with what the Russians have had. But the Russians, uh, the training of the soldiers and their ability to coordinate the tanks and combined arms, they haven't had the wherewithal. So they've lost a lot of their tanks, and they've lost a lot of experienced troops. And now the Ukrainians have Western tanks. They have German leopards. And um, they're, they're going to be able to launch an actual offensive. And given the, the low state of morale... And Napoleon said, quite correctly, that morale is to force is three is to one. So it's morale being a force multiplier. If, if, you're, um, if you're one to one and you have way higher morale on the other side's morale is low, you don't have one to one, you have three to one or more. Would, would it be accurate, we got a call here, uh, Jeff, before we get to our caller, would it be accurate to say the Russian troops are being lied to as to why they're there? What, what, they're, what the re reason for them being there is? Well, they were lied to when the invasion happened. They weren't even told that they were crossing an international border. The true, the Russian troops found out they were invading in real time when it happened. They thought they were on a maneuver. So they tricked their troops. And then they didn't supply them adequately. Um, and, of course, the, if you look at the organization of, of an American, of a U.S. Uh, division, uh, versus the Russian division, we have many times the supply vehicles that a Russian division, a Russian division can't really be more than 90 kilometers from the railhead, or it, it starts to run out of supplies because it has to stretch its trucks too far. And then you have drones attacking trucks, Ukrainian drones attacking supply trucks. And then you had really bad weather when they invaded where the unpaved roads weren't usable. So then you had traffic jams with these trucks. Um, literally, the Russians could not have invaded with a larger force because the roads wouldn't have been able to, 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 to 
properly carry the trucks in the in the bad weather. Uh, as as a side note, I, I recall in the motion picture Patton, George Patton uh, comes across a, a traffic blockage, and he personally gets out of his Jeep and directs traffic for a while at the blockage. I don't know if it happened or not, but it was certainly a good scene. Um, uh, Jeff, we've got some callers on hold here. Let's take some calls. we got uh, Kyle in Montana. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Jeff, I'm a little uh, confused here. So if if Russia has these super helicopters with counter-rotating shafts and all of that and the super tanks and all of these different things, uh, and the only thing that stopped them was the fact that uh, – Ukraine got extra ammunition. Uh, I don't understand how this uh, the dichotomy of that statement uh, that how could uh, how could this super uh, powerful uh, Russian army that has all of these different things be so uh, invincible if all it took was Ukrainians to get enough ammunition? I mean, I understand that there was, you know, the roads were bad and that kind of thing, but uh, that's not going to stop the counter-rotating super uh, helicopter, uh, either that or they're not deploying them for some reason. And I guess I'm a little confused over the dichotomy of your statement. Well, the warfare is very complicated, so these aren't uh, singular reasons. Um the the Ukrainian military, like the Russian military, is a Soviet structured military. <laughs> so it has excellent anti-aircraft uh, defenses. Since the Soviet system, military system that is in both countries, uh, they could not control the air over NATO. They their idea was uh, to deny air control by uh, surface-to-air missiles. And so both countries have excellent air defense systems, both Russia and, and Ukraine. So in the war, helicopters and jet fighters have not been able to be used in great numbers because the air denial systems of both countries are so um, profound. So whereas NATO has, is weak in anti-aircraft missiles, we defend specific locations. We don't have these you know, systems up and down, like in, in Russia, they form a virtual line of anti-aircraft, uh, as in Ukraine. So the Russian helicopters, they really couldn't operate helicopters or um, aircraft in, in great numbers without having severe losses of them, because they're so easy to shoot down. We would have the same problem confronting the Russians, by the way. Hold on, Jeff. We got a break. Kyle, stand stand by. We got a break. We're right back. Okay. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. 
Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Go to republicbroadcasting.org, smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in cool, the United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, yeah. The dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. But I'd like to ask each of you what it is you value so highly that you are willing to fight and possibly die for. We will call that Texas. The Mexican army hopes to lure us into attempting escape. Almost anything seems better than remaining in this place, penned up. If, however, we force the enemy to attack, I believe every one of you will prove himself worth ten in return. We will not only show the world what patriots are made of, but we will also deal a crippling blow to the army of Santa Ana. If anyone wishes to depart, under the white flag of surrender, you may do so now. You have that right. But if you wish to stay here, with me, in the Alamo, we will sell our lives dearly. 
All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, Red Pill event uh, is in Des Moines, Iowa, Saturday and Sunday, the August 12th and 13th. They'll be posted on my website in a day or two. Visiting with Jeff Nyquist, his website, jrnyquist.blog, books for sale at Amazon. And uh, let's continue where we left off, Jeff, before the break. Um, I don't quite understand Kyle's thing that I, but what I'm saying is inconsistent. Well, uh, let me, let me help Kyle out here and, and both, maybe everybody. Um, uh, the war I, I participated in, the Vietnam War, uh, at least in the South, in the South, uh, where I was in the Mekong Delta, the uh, enemy, the Viet Cong had handheld weapons only, um, uh, the crew served uh, 12 millimeter machine guns, and uh, not much else. They had no heavy artillery. They had mortars, but no heavy artillery. They had no aircraft whatsoever, no uh, armor whatsoever. Now, his, the United States Army, on the other hand, had heavy armor, heavy artillery, aircraft, and um, while they didn't beat us, uh, they gave us a run for our money. And uh, for, quite frankly, the first three days of the Tet Offensive, really wasn't clear who was going to win. By the fourth day, American firepower kicked in. We, we beat the hell out of those people. But um, uh, And then we just spent 20 years fighting barefoot peasants in Afghanistan, armed with handheld weapons also, with all the firepower of the United States military up against them. So there's plenty of precedence for uh, barefoot peasants with handheld weapons going up against sophisticated militaries with all the modern weapons of war, isn't there, Jeff? Well, not really successfully. The only uh, insurgency that actually won a war was in Tito Tito in Yugoslavia in World War II. Usually, insurgencies uh, insurgencies um, lose. They basically lose. What, what we did in Afghanistan was we pulled out really for no reason. Except that we didn't want to be there. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say we went in for no reason, but uh, uh, and you know, John, uh, let me yeah. let me let me put up something here. That, so, Jeff, I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that the reality. Well, I see we're out of time. Oh, hold on, can I hold, hold on over, John? Here, hold yeah. on, okay. People who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.